catch it. It remains a very, very good FA Cup final. And catch it! Good evening and welcome to All Things Sky Blue. Uh, this is the preview for the FA Cup match uh, against Maidstone on Monday night. Uh, we Coventry have got a game on Friday, so obviously uh, people may get injured in that game and stuff like that. So we're, we're, we'll talk about that in due course anyway. As always, uh, I have my guests behind the scenes, but I will just let you know where you can find us. Uh, just remember, we are on YouTube. Please go and like and subscribe. We're getting very close to that 400 mark uh, subscribers. So if you like what you hear, please go and like and subscribe to us. Uh, we're also on TikTok, uh, X, uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we're partnered with, uh, <laughs> I can't remember now, we're partnered with the Antidote Sports Bar. Uh, and we're sponsored by Wright Steel Fabrications. He can do your steel fabrication work for beams, angles, box section, welding, that type of stuff, uh, up and down the country, but mainly in the Coventry and Warwickshire area. We're also on podcasts, so Spotify, Amazon, or, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts from. If you don't want to see us and you just want to listen to us, we're on there as well. So, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, uh, on most previews, which is Mark. Good evening, Mark. You okay? Evening, sure. Yeah, good. Thanks. Yeah, not too bad. Good, good, good. And we're also joined uh, on a very special occasion. Uh, he's managed to uh, finish work early and join us. Uh, one other member of the uh, All Things Sky Blue team, and that's Glenn. Good evening, Glenn. Glenn, can you hear us? You're on mute, Glenn. Hello. Yeah, I can hear you guys. Yeah. Hello. Hi, uh, hi guys. Good. Good. I think, I think I think there's a little bit of a lag. Yeah, we can hear you. I think there's a little bit of a lag though, Glenn. Okay. So uh from Okay, no worries, mate. Okay, from Stones Live, uh, we have got Nigel. Good evening, Nigel, and welcome and thank you very much. You're welcome. Good to meet you guys. Thanks for having me on. No, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, so, Nigel, uh, the FA Cup, you've got you've done really, really well to get this far, and you may get even further, obviously, if you beat us on uh, on Monday night. Before we get into how you got this far, uh, can you just let us know where we can find you and what you guys do? Yeah, so uh, we're sort of like the we uh, commentate for most of the games, home and away for Maystone United. Um, not we, uh, in our level, it's not really that. Not every club does it, but more and more doing it now. And um, we've been doing it for probably about thirteen years now. So um, yeah, I've been doing it only for four or five years now. Um, and with there's about four or five of us that do it on like a rotor basis and just as as and when we can do it really. Um but I did the first FA Cup game this season 
and just for continuity and like the good luck charm as you might say i've just <laughs> continued all the way through so yes yeah, it's, it's been quite a journey really going from like the, the park bench at, at stadium for our first game and then you know portman road and now we find ourselves playing you guys yeah it's uh it's you, you've come obviously you've come really really far haven't you um in the uh, in the cup game and obviously we will talk we'll, we will talk briefly uh, in a minute about how you got uh, oh glenn's gone uh, i think he might have a little bit of a lag on his uh, internet he may come back um so uh normally at this point i'd talk about the history of the two clubs and and the uh, and the form together and stuff, but obviously we've never played Maidstone before. Um, as far as I'm aware, I have tried to do my research and and look into the history, uh, and I couldn't find anything. Uh, so there may be somebody out there, the historian for Coventry, uh, he may be able to tell us differently when this goes uh, out live. So what we'll do, we'll do is though on on this occasion, we'll talk about how you got uh, to the. Uh, to this round of the FA Cup. So back on the 30th of September, 23, you had yeah. a 2-0 win uh, against Winchester in the third qualifying round. Was that was that a shock or was you expected to win that game? And how was you feeling going into that game, if you can remember that far back? Well, yeah, but we, we started before that. We started uh, the middle of September, as I said, against Stain in town in the second qualifying round. Oh, okay. Um, so we, we, we that was a four-one um, victory for the Stones. Um, at that point, when we when we entered the competition, so that's that's when the uh, sort of level six teams come in. So from our level, there was like the likes of Yeovil and Torquay. So they got that far for the first time in the history, and it was their sort of like their cup final sort of thing, really. And they they you know got one of their biggest attendances that day, and. We kind of, um, yeah, we managed the game well, really. I mean, they got their goal. They did it uh, when we was two nil up. They got a goal just before half time, um, but it was quite comfortable in the end, you know, considering, you know, that they was up for it. Let's say, so one Joe Smith, who's one of our players that we had from last season, scored a hat trick, and the since departed Levi Manchie got a goal, and then as I say, we moved on to Winchester, who with a couple of levels up, going well in their division. And uh, again, it was another away day. And we, as you said, we won 2-0 on that game. And then... Yeah. Uh, Sorry, go on. Go on. No, no, no. I was just going to say, what what kind of formation, um, you know, does uh, George Alicobi play? Has has he changed throughout? To, to... yeah, he, he does tend to be sort of like horses for courses kind of a okay. um, manager. There's no sort of set formation. I think he kind of started out wanting to sort of play four three three, but then through injuries and um, suspensions, and that he kind of had a, went for a spell where it was sort of like three at the back and the two wing backs attacking. Um, but he does tend to try and get players that play in various positions. So, for example, you know, we were, we had a player early in the season, Devontae Aaron Sibia, who we signed as a midfielder, but had played as a left-back, right-back, uh, sort of wing-back role. And we were sort of playing in that Winchester game. We actually did play him as a left wing-back. So, you know, it's, it was quite fluid at the time. 
Um, because don't, don't forget, we came down from last season. We only got 25 points in the National League. So it was, it was quite a bit of a, a rebuild job, really. And he hadn't really... Well, he hadn't. He hadn't won a, didn't win a league game. So it was sort of a bit of a risky appointment at, at the time because he had, like, I think it was 17 games without a win towards the end of the season. And he didn't really get that new manager bounce. But for those that sort of know George Kobe is quite an infectious personality and quite a sort of man motivator. And he, he got Craig Fagan in with him and he, together they've sort of moulded the team to be sort of their personality sort of thing, really, that, that, that you know, hard working and, you know, just believing, basically, you know, it's just been, that's been the story of the cup run, really, just believing. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, from Winchester, um, you had Torquay away uh, in the fourth round qualifying, uh, and that was another 2-0 win. So, again, was that, was that win expected, or how was that? Well, that that game came on the. We we literally played him in the in the league away the week before. So we went down there two Saturdays on the trot. We beat him in the in the league game, one um, nil was the first, in the in the league, and then we went down there the following week and beat him two nil in the league. Um, there's been a bit of history with Torquay. We we I've got I think it's eleven in all the history we've played them. We've got eleven wins, two draws, and two defeats. Wow. So we are a bit of their bogey side, really, and. Yeah, I think I think most fans were sort of expecting after we'd won the league game that we would get some kind of response. But I think they're going through a lot of, bit of a turmoil themselves, and they've announced today they've gone into administration. So there's That's obviously right, issues yeah. issues behind the scenes there. So you know they had spells. Obviously they're a good team, and you know they Gary Johnson is an experienced manager. But you know. We, we didn't concede and it, it was quite comfortable in the end, really. Yeah, definitely was. Definitely was. Um, into the, uh, I think you're in the, um, you played non-league Chesham uh, again. Yeah. Another way game. You like yeah. the away games, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You've, only had, you've only had two home games uh, in this league cup, uh, in the uh, cup run, sorry. Um, but you played non-league Chesham. Uh, I presume that if you beat Torquay 2-0, you know, maybe this one was uh, one that you should have been winning, really. Is that, would you say that was fair? Yeah, I mean, they're, 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 they're an up-and-coming club. They're in the, the tier below, and I think they were sort of like in the top two at the time. And they've continued that on from since that time. But again, it was another one, you know, they'd got to the first round. It was an achievement for them to get to the first round. They're a club that's um, owned by the guy who does tight, uh, Taskmaster. So um, they're, they're spot- program, TV program. Taskmaster. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Greg. Um, is it Greg? Yeah. No, it's the other one, isn't it? Not, not the host. He's the. Oh. Um, um, I, love I love that. I love that. Alex. Alex Horn. Alex Horn. That's it. Yeah. So he's he's quite instrumental in in their sort of setup down there. I think he's from the, down that way, oh, and they're okay. sponsored by them. So again, they're a club that's. It's on the up, you know, they got to the first round proper for the first time in a, a while and uh, they had a big crowd there. But again, you know, it, it was just the story of that, of our cut run. It was just a professional performance, you know. Yeah. We didn't concede. We, we, we scored a couple of goals. I think we got uh, one in each half. Um, and yeah, it just, it just carried that momentum because at the time, 
in the league, we were going well in the league as well. You know, we 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 sort of strung a few wins together, and we was just sort of riding that momentum at the time. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, the next game was probably uh, the 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 start of the big scalps, if you like, uh, coming in uh, League Two Barrow, uh, which was uh, at home, uh, and it was a two-one victory. How was that game? Did, was you? Was you riding on the crest of the wave, <laughs> as, as as they say, really? Yeah, I mean, each level we've gone, we've gone throughout the next step up. So when you get to the second round, you kind of like you're one game away from that third round because we, we, we've been into the into the first round proper a few times in recent years, um, and you you kind of want a winnable game, but again, you know, with with a prize on offer. But Barrow at the time when we drew them, you know. We, we played them previously in, in non-league, so they weren't sort of like w- what you call a traditional non-league game. Do you know what I mean? It, so it, yeah. it, it was, and they, they was going really well at the time. I think they was like six unbeaten and one five on the bounce. And Pete Wilde, their manager, was up for uh, the December manager of the month or November just uh, manager of the month, whatever it was. And we went one nil down in that game as well. I remember, oh, and uh, you kind of think, oh, you know, you know, we. we you can definitely see we've gone up a level at that point, but we managed to get another goal back just before half time. Sam Corn, um, we got the first of his goals, and then we um, got the winner by Bivsgurung, which is a local lad. He goes to the went to the local grammar school and of Nepalese origin, and he you know he just hit a wonder strike from outside the box. I think it was that uh, remembering back, Sam Bones, the one that sort of likes hitting from outside the box and, and strike him, but he just laid it off to Bivich and he just one of those where you, you know, hits it sweet and yeah. strike of a lifetime, really. And he, he then grabbed all the headlines. So fantastic, fantastic. Uh, and then the next comes uh, the next big scalp uh, again at home, 1 um, 0 victory against Stevenage. Uh, again, you know, did they just step it up again for the next league up? Yeah, that that was a that was a difficult difficult one really because as a club we we have played Stevenage in the FA Cup in back in twenty fourteen when we was in the the Ryman Premier and we we went to their place that year and got a replay and managed to bring them back to the Gallagher and we was in front of the BT Sport cameras that night and we managed to win two one but. We know you. Everyone sort of knows Steve Evans, don't you? And the way his team yes. set up, and yeah. you know, he'd been the manager of Gillingham, which is literally just up the road from us. So a lot of the local media were were sort of aware of his antics and and what he brought and the way teams set up. So yeah, you know, there was no, we was under no illusion that it'd be a tough game. But again, you know, we got a penalty just before half time, which Sam Corn. Uh, stepped up into it, which again is interesting because he's only taken his first penalty on New Year's Day, which was literally a few days before that game. We we had a spate of missing penalties and we we tried three or four different penalty takers in the season. So, you know, he buried that goal and again it was sort of similar to what other rounds have been, you know, back to the walls job in the second half. You know, they kind of threw the proverbial kitchen sink at us and just by a bit of luck and good goalkeeping by Covelan and good defending by the team, we just managed to hold out. And I think they kind of 
realised it was sort of one going to be one of those days, and like the last ten minutes were sort of quite comfortable. I think I remember doing the commentary on that game, and strangely, I didn't feel as nervous towards the end of the game against Stephen than what I did against Barrow, I suppose, because Barrow is that sort of like elusive getting to the third round, isn't it? So you yeah. sort of like you know what the potential you can draw of the, of the teams that you can get drawn against, but. You know, it was quite comfortable in the end against against Stevenage, and uh, yeah, we was into the fourth round for the first time in you know <laughs> the club's entire history. But whichever way you look at it, you know, yeah. there's some arguments about because it's a Phoenix club, whether it's you know the history carries over. But no Maystone United team had ever been to the fourth round, so that was a sort of like the start of the history making sort of time. Yeah, and, and you know, and I think at this point, you know. I think all the, you know, all the local newspapers and and TV and people like that are, are starting to look a little bit more uh, at Maidstone and and you know that momentum that you've gathered through the qualifying through the different rounds that you've done as well. Obviously, the big draw uh, was the next one away at Championship team Ipswich, um, mm-hmm. you know and. It's, you know, they're, they're, they were, they're flying uh, in, the, mm-hmm. uh, in the championship. You know, nobody really expected them to. I certainly didn't didn't expect them to be where they are. But they, they play brilliant football. Uh, McKenna's got them playing really, really well. Um, how was it going into that game? Was you full of optimism? Or are you just, at this point, was you just thinking every round that we get to is just making history? And it and it kind of is what it is in terms of the game. Yeah, exactly that. You know, you you. I remember the chatter in in the in like the media room before, and a lot of them, the local journalists and the BBC journalists that you know you speak to, they were coming up. You know, or you know, once the team was out, you you do you do well if you keep the score under five here, and if you can grab a goal, then you know that make the day, and you know. But again, it just didn't turn out that way, did it? I mean, I don't know if any if you anybody seen the game or watched the game, but again, you know, they come out of the blocks and hit both posts, I think, and Coughlin had a blinder and palmed a couple onto the crossbar and you know, made a good couple of early saves and kind of got into his groove and after that first ten minutes, you know, you're you when you're doing the commentary you're thinking, oh, you know, it can be a cricket score here, you know. They're going to score in a minute, and they didn't. And then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just, it is. It's just you can't. I mean, I've been down to the media day today, and it's like what, what that magic of the FA Cup. You know, everybody talks about it, don't they? But yeah. you know, Lamar Reynolds is a player. You know, he's been, he's he's a, a proper sort of like level six sort of player. He, he's played for a few clubs around this way and Braintree and. And the likes, and uh, you know he's a good player, and he, he's got undoubted talent. But he hadn't been a regular in the team. He, his father passed away, sort of end of September, beginning of October time. So he missed a, a lot time there as a way of sort of bereavement leave and that. And he's only just sort of come back and started playing in the team. And really, truthfully, he's probably only playing because you know other players being cupped up. We have brought other forwards in. We. We've since lost Levi Manch, you started our, our run, so we haven't really got, you know, the the volume of goals behind us that are people that are starting in the cup. And 
he hadn't scored for Maidstone, and then he, he he produces, you know, that finish. You know, it's just literally yeah. one touch and dinks the keeper, and you know the keeper probably could have stayed in his line and let him make mm-hmm. a decision, but. You know, it's just it's just one of those moments, and it's literally where we were commentating from at Ipswich as well. It was right down in front of us, and even even sort of like all the local Ipswich journos, and that was sort of you know that's what the FA Cup's all about. That sort yeah. of the celebration where everyone runs onto the pitch, and even at that point, you know, you go into half time and you think, oh, you know, you're looking at their south bench and the players they had mm-hmm. on the on on the bench like Wes Burns and Connor Chaplin and. Leaf yeah. Davis, you know, that they all came on and they, they kind of made a little bit of a difference. They got the equaliser. But then, again, another breakaway goal and that man, Sam Corn, pops up again and just literally buries the ball. It's just like... It's like... And then you're in dreamland then because you're on like, yeah. you know, 66 minutes it was. And even that point, you're still thinking, you know, they're going to get an equaliser because... They're going to come in and get an equaliser, and it just never happened. And they, after that point, they never really threatened like they did in the first half. I think they kind of, again, like Stevenage in the last round, you just sort of think it's going to, it's not going to be your day, and you, you just become resigned to it. And uh, there you go. And then there's all them scenes that right in front of the home fans, and uh, everybody was just I... like stunned, really, and in in, in dreamlands. I yeah, think... obviously. Sorry, Mark. I, I just I'll... think. Go on. Go on, sorry, I was just going to say. Um, I just think you know it's your day because uh, I, I went into a little bit of the uh, the stats and Ipswich had thirty eight shots and thirteen on yeah. target, and you had two shots, two shots on target, and scored two. So yeah. you, you just know you just kind of know it's your day, don't you? When stuff like that happens. Yeah, exactly. I mean, George is a very, you know, he's very much because he was he was a defensive um, defender himself. So he's very much into his sort of like defensive and hard work and shape and you know, like most modern day managers are. But you know, he, he's very much sort of like building from the back and 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 that. And uh, I know, you know, Craig Craig Fagan was the forward. He was back in the day. He played for Derby and Hull, and he's more of a forward player. And he works with the forwards, but. Like I said, you know, we've lost Levi Manchi. He's gone to Bromley um, in January. Um, so Wanjo Smith, who's our other goal scorer, he's been out of an injury since the third round, so he wasn't available. And we, we signed a player called Manny Duku, who he'd been playing in Gibraltar, and we, we couldn't sign him. He came and was trained with us from December, but we couldn't sign him because he'd been playing in Gibraltar. We had to wait for his international clearance to come through. Okay. So he hadn't had no game time. He, he literally played on the Tuesday night before the Ipswich game, and um, that was it. That was his first sort of introduction to, to sort of like playing for Maystone, and he's he's playing at Portman Road in front of thirty odd thousand people. And you know, again, it's sort of like it's again, yeah, it's unbelievable. It's you, you know, you can't put it into words, can you? It's just yeah. it, it's just one of those things that you know you go through the history of um, like the Roy S and Doe for Wickham when the quarterfinals a few years ago. And, you know, get front, just going on teletext and then getting a player it kind of felt a little bit like that you know it was it was just yeah. like anybody want anybody wearing gunny boots anybody that's got a sort of like a bit about them can come and play because yeah. we we, just, we literally was down to bare bones but you know the one thing that we have got and we have got the consistency is that like the back i think you know the players like that we've got Reese Greenwich and we've got a young lad on on loan from Leicester City Paul Apio who's 
won the FA Youth Cup previously with Villa, and he's he, you know he's a good player as well. And Coblin in goals, which we spoke about, you know he's a, he's a player that's again playing a few levels below what he really should be playing. You know he could probably play League Two, lower end of League One, sort of that level. Um, but like all the stories in in sort of the FA Cup, and they're playing this level for a reason. You know, they've, they've all had yeah. either injury crisis or lack of yeah. confidence and falling out of their manager. But like they all say, you know, they're, they're good players on their day. The difference is they just can't put that together sort of five, six, seven games to of consistency. But, you know, on their day, it's not, not the old archetypal plumber, decorator and yeah. barman. And, you know, it, you know they're proper, we're a proper professional team. We yeah. we train three mornings a week and you know, it's the main job. And, yeah, it's just, it's just all come together. And it's just, it's just, you know, you can't put it into words, really. Yeah, sorry, Mark. What was you going to say, mate? I was going to ask Nigel about um, obviously, you know, getting as far as you have, and what you know, how much prize money have you won, and, and what are the club looking to spend that money on um, from from the cup runners so far. Well, initially, we we the the um, because we obviously play on a three G pitch, so um, that's sort of past its life lifespan now, and it is showing. If you get up close to it, it is a bit sort of patchy in places um i think we kind of extended it a little bit because we got relegated last year as i said and um yeah there wasn't that need to sort of to go and do it as such but it's something that we knew we needed to do and i think covid kind of helped that because that that sort of year and a half two years where we we wasn't planning on it so it kind of extended it by a little bit but that was always the aim at the beginning of the season um and then part of the National League regs as well is that you need to have like a media gantry, which we didn't have. Yeah. Um, and again, that, that kind of, we, if we just stayed in the National League, we'd have had to have it this year, but because we knew we was getting relegated, um, we didn't sort of put that money outlay on that money. So yeah. again, that's something that's since been built. And it's just as well, just about sort of like building the club really. I mean, we've got owners that are not, they're not flash the cash kind of owners. They're very sort of, sensible and sustainable i think just because of the history of the club you know going out yeah. we was one of the clubs that went into liquidation didn't we when we we're in the football league so you know it's very much a case of just building layer upon layer and just you know sustaining it really and so that when if if and when we do go up to the next level we don't find ourselves in the same situation again where you're you know the likes of Wrexham and Notts County was in our league last year just spending loads of money and you you know you've got a healthy budget but you just once you get on that losing losing sort of mentality you're just it's good money after bad isn't it you're just trying to rectify your mistakes but it's, i think what the money going back to your question is just to sort of give us that little bit of a buffer and that's just so that we yeah. can keep heads above water and then and just build from there yeah do you yeah. think um do you think that the likes of uh, the Wrexham, Dorking, uh, and, and and other clubs like that that have had a little bit more, especially Wrexham, uh, with you know with Ryan Reynolds and the other owners there as well. Do you think they've they've highlighted uh, sort of not sort of you know non-league teams and or just on the periphery of coming into the actual football league? Do you think they've highlighted and when you get to the latter rounds, do you think you've got more? What I'm trying to say is, I think, do you think you've got more publicity now 
because of them teams, or do you think you would have got that anyway? Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's difficult to, you know, I think it's a bit of both, really. I mean, there is more eyes definitely on, on the non-league now. Um, BT Sports or TNT Sports, as they are now, they always film the Saturday game, so they've got like a, you know, they do a good coverage on that, and they they highlight the non-league, and they, they give everybody a fair crack of the whip. You know, everybody gets on there at least once, generally before Christmas, so it kind of highlights that. But again, it, it, it's sort of like the underdog story, isn't it? Everybody likes an underdog and that, that sort of, yeah. you know, little old Maystone sort of thing. Despite, you know, we have had, we have got quite a history, you know, we have been in the football league in the past and, um, yeah, it's just, I think it's a mixture of everything really. I mean, it, it, that's what everybody likes, isn't it? The underdog story. So, yeah. but like, as I said, we, we, we were talking about it today, actually down the ground, you know, Blythe Spartans are the last team that had won that many games and got to the fifth round back in 1978. But back in that day, again, it was just sort of like you, they were proper part-time. So they was only training in the evenings. And, you know, the, the, the gap was probably greater at that point between them and the, the rest of the Football League. Whereas, you know, although there is a gap there. You know, obviously, obviously there's a gap there. They're, they're, they're yeah. full-time sides and, you know, they're proper professional outfits. But... Talent-wise, you know, it's not as much a gap. You know, there's a lot of, you know, the under-23 academies. I mean, we're quite close to London, so we get a sort of lot, a lot of dropout from sort of like the Charltons and um, Millwall and all those sort of players that come down and, you know, we can get them on loan. So, you know, there's a lot, there's not such a fallout of talent, really. You know, they, they can drop down and still play at a good level to sort of build yeah. themselves back up again. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Glenn, welcome back. Uh, I hope you can hear us and I hope there's no lag. Uh, have you got any questions for Nigel? Yeah, I was just going to ask Nigel what his most memorable Maidstone away game is, or, or most mm-hmm. Maidstone away game. Obviously, I've been a few non-league grounds in the, yeah, the, in the, back in the day when COVID obviously gone six fields. And yeah, it's, it's quite an experience. And I, I just wondered if you had any particularly funny stories to share. And just as another question, do you think the gap between the conference sides and League Two has narrowed? Because you look at a lot of the sides that have come down from League Two, not relegated last season, they're not really up there this season in the conference. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think there's more of a, um, like a safety net for like Rochdale have come down this year and Hartlepool. I mean, Hartlepool have been down before, but they're kind of mid table. But I think it's so so congested now. I mean, I was looking at the National League table the other day, and I think from Dagenham in in twelfth place to the relegation zone, which is like the bottom four, there's something like four or five points. Do you know what I mean? That's that's literally. I think it's only Hartlepool that really haven't not either going for promotion or going for relegation. So, um, yeah, you know, I think certainly think that the that most of the top half teams in in National League would come be able to own in League Two from what I've seen. I mean, that's proved in the last few years, isn't it? I know Forest Green are struggling this year, but they've gone on and won one league. League Two, um, Barrow are doing well this year. Obviously, Notts County, Wrexham are up there this year, and you tend to find as well that a lot of the clubs that that come down are have got issues or sort of outside of the the club. I mean, I know Rochdale; they're sort of 
got an emergency meeting coming up as well and looking under looking for new ownership you know but back in the day it used to be the case of uh, that these clubs just used to get revoted in didn't they like an old boys club yeah. and they'd get revoted in and they, they so they didn't have to have that sort of outlay but i think the demands on it now with with social media and television coverage and sky sports you know the the wall-to-wall coverage that they do even down to sort of like league two level you know there's a lot more or pressure on these owners to to succeed so you do find that although there's only two places the 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 clubs that come down do don't really get back straight away they they, you know they take a few years to sort of like regroup and build that sort of fan base back up again. And then hopefully when they do go back up, they're in a, a much stronger position then to sort of go through League Two and, and sort of establish themselves back in League One. Yeah. Um, obviously, Mark, from Coventry's point of view, uh, obviously we had a uh, 6-2 victory, quite comfortably 6-2 victory over uh, Oxford. Uh, and then we at home, and then we went to uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Um <laughs> where we drew uh, with them and then we brought them back to our place. Uh, and, we, you know, that was the the, the fourth uh, encounter that we had with uh, with Sheffield Wednesday in quite a short space of time as well, really. Um, how did you find, how did you find the games? How do you think we progressed as a team? Uh, and were you happy with the changes and the stuff that Robbins made um, between the league and between the cup? Do you think he did the right thing? Yeah, I think I think he put out some decent sides there. Um, you know, I think I think the lesson learned from last season was we played you know a fairly weaker side against Wrexham and we, and we paid the penalty. We lost, um, and in fair and square, really, I think Wrexham were probably better than us on the day. Um, but this season, I think we played we played pretty well against uh, Oxford. Uh, pretty comfortable in the end, although we did um, concede sort of an equaliser but other than that once we got ahead again we were we were in control so that was a good win uh Sheffield Wednesday I thought the first game was a pretty turgid pitch a really poor poor pitch a poor match um if probably if we'd taken our chances we would have beaten them um but we got uh we got a draw there and, and we did the, did the business at home so you know two good wins um you know but uh, I mean, I was I was actually dreading the fact we're getting a, a non-league side this round. I, I mean, we should win, but you know, Stuart and Glenn, you know, we, our record's non-league side isn't that good, as everyone knows. Sutton <laughs> United, obviously, springs to mind Worcester City in 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 our League One days. So, it, it's a game we should win, of course. But uh, you know, we've got we've got to take we've got we've got to give Manchester a lot of respect. They've done extremely well to get to where they are. I think it's it's actually fantastic the job that Ella Kobe's done there. Um, so we can't underestimate any team. We've got, we've got if, we, if we turn up and play like we do, we should win comfortably. But you know, it just goes to show, you know, if you if you don't take your chances like Ipswich have done, we pay the price. So that's you know, we've got to be careful. Def, definitely, definitely, I didn't really want. I wanted a you know another championship team to be honest because I just didn't want the uh, it, it, the possible potential enigma of uh, being knocked out by a non-league side. But I'm hoping that I'll be proved wrong and we'll win comfortably. Yeah, obviously, Glenn, we, we, we know what happened against Wrexham, don't we? You know, so I think uh, I think we're going to be more cautious this time. Obviously, we have got Preston on Friday, so we don't know, you know, what kind of injuries or suspensions might come out of that game. What kind of side do you think Robbins uh, will play against uh, Maidstone? 
Um, I think he's going to have to rest and rotate people. So I think we'll probably see Tavares. I'll be quite happy seeing Lasala at right back to give Milan a rest. Um, ultimately, whatever side we put out should be enough. But I remember back in the Premier League era when we played Woking at home and we're winning 1 0 and drew 1 1 and then struggled to get through him in the replay. I won't forget Worcester City because it was Ben's first game. So uh, I think I've seen Cov play non league sides five times and we failed to win three of them. I think the only season that we beat two non-league sides was the last time we made the fifth round, which was Maidenhead and Boreham Wood. And we and we played them at home and then obviously got Brighton away. So I, I think Robbins will probably bring Collins in because I think Wilson's going to start on when, on Friday because he did the presser. Um, I think Kelly's got to come back in and maybe we'll see a couple of the youngsters, maybe Stratton or Ty Andrews. But yeah, we are down to the bare bones, basically. Um, Godden and probably Casey Palmer will come in I would imagine as well but that, that should be enough I think as long as I hate saying this you've got to really have two or three goals before, you, before you're happy against the non-league side if you're 1-0 up with the last 10 minutes they're going to throw the kitchen sink if we're 2-0 up with 10 minutes 10-15 minutes to go they get one and your nerves go and obviously it's going to go extra time and penalties so it's basically we don't want extra time up, and we certainly don't want penalties given our record in penalty shootouts. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, moving on to the uh, the players, um, Nigel. With obviously, you've mentioned a few already. To be fair, the player that sort of uh, that was pointed out to me, uh, and you've mentioned him already, which was Sam Corn. Uh, just how instrumental has he been in your in your cup run for you? Yeah, he he kind of plays it. In the number eight position, um, and he's that box to box midfielder. He, he likes to make late runs into the box, and uh, that was evident with the, the goal he scored against uh, Barrow. You know, he made that late run and just picked up on the ball and put the ball, put the ball away and again against Ipswich as well. You know, he you know he took it calmly enough. I mean, he just he just sort of epitomizes really what non league is all about. You know, he, he's he's Played for a number of like local clubs at this level. He's been at Welling and Ashford, and you know, I think he did have back in the day. He did have scouts looking at him when he was younger, and you know, Charlton and that. But nothing really came off, and he's just a a good quality player for this level, you know. And he, he's he's on penalties now, and he's he's scored the last two. So again, that's another thing that you can add to his bow. He, he's just one of those players that kind of makes a team tick and. He's got a partner in there in, in Sam Bone, who another one who's a local lad, and he, he just come back when we signed him last season. He's been playing over in Ireland and played for Dundalk and a few of the teams at the top of the, the league there. So he's got that kind of experience, but he, he's another one that's sort of like the heartbeat of the team, really, and just, uh, you know, embodies all what non league's about, you know, that proper yeah. grassroots football and, you know, roll their sleeves up and, and get on with it, you know, and what they, what they, they lack in that that consistency of talent. They make up in endeavour and hard work and you know blood, sweat and tears sort of thing. Yeah. So um, going on to your, just do us a, a sort of quick summary in terms of your expectations for the league and then what your expectations for the cup. Well, I think for the league. The way the league the league's panned out, Yeovil, you know, may, have made a, a, a start and have put a you know 
points on the board and open up a bit of a gap. So I think actually the automatic place is, is um, out of reach now. But the way the playoffs work at, at non-league level, if you finish second and third, you get like a buy in the first round of, of the playoffs. So oh, fourth, okay. fifth, sixth and seventh play each other. So it's just imperative really that you finish as high up in that that sort of playoff zone as possible because then you'll get a high to highest you finish second then you'll get like two games at home so again that's got to be the the, the the aim now is to just finish as high as as we possibly can and you know as George has proved in the one-off games and you know he's a bit, bit him and Craig are a bit of a master tech, tactician uh, you know they, they can get the best out of players in that, that one-off situation so if they can at least make the playoffs then you know you'd expect them to do well in it but and as for the FA Cup, again, it's just living that dream, isn't it? It's just trying yeah. to carry on that momentum. And, you know, it's, it's difficult to, because of the, the way it's set up now with the substitutes and the extra time and not going to a replay. I mean, that, that adds another different perspective onto the game, really. I mean, we were saying today that, you know, if it was a, if it was a normal, like in one of the earlier rounds, you think, right, go there get a draw, you know, sharp shop, you know, go for a point and then try and get them back to the, to the, to the Gallagher stadium. But, um, with it going to extra time and penalties, you can't really do that. So, and you would, you would fear that if it did go to extra time and penalties, we would kind of run out of steam. I don't think we'd even get to penalties, you know, because we are literally with players that are cup tied and that we are literally down to, you know, the bare bones of a team. You know, last time we couldn't even name the full allocation of substitutes. So, you know, it, it's you know that that's where you know where we start so early, and you get players that are cup tied. Well, you you there's no transfer window either in non-league, so you can't you can sort of sign players all the time, and players leave and and move on, and so the squads train uh, change quite drastically, really, from early September. So you know, literally, even now, it's like players that are, you you can see they're saving themselves for the cup. So there's like Kipriano and Gavin Hoyt. They haven't played since Ipswich. Okay, Hoyt played uh, on Monday uh, night when we had a game. He, he, he kind of came and played Monday night, but you could see he was, you know, if that was, if we didn't have the FA Cup game, they probably wouldn't have risked him for that. They'd have given him another sort of week or so to sort of get back to to fitness. But just because of getting the minutes on the board, you you know, you're playing players just to, to sort of um, give them the game time, really. So in that respect, you know, it's, it's going to be difficult, but you know, it's it's just this magic of the FA Cup, isn't it? You know, that's right. Like I said, you know, he's he's very good at man managing, and I think Craig's you know very good with the tactics side of it. So you know, they're, they're going to have a game plan. They're going to they're going to believe they can do it. And like you said there as well, the longer it sort of you know stays within the game, you've got something to play for, haven't you? You know, yeah, you've got that right. you've got that sort of mentality even if it's back to the walls you know you you're, you're in the trenches together and you can sort of build on that but if, you, if we was to score go two or three down you you do wonder what the score would be but you know it's a one-off game again quite literally a one-off game with no replay so it'll be interesting yeah um from a maiden point of view again i don't know how much you watch uh, the championship and, and and other leagues like that what threats do you see uh, that we pose to you guys? Well, I, I think from what I can make out, you, you, you know, 
you're sort of like a higher possession based team, aren't you? You know, um, you've got some good young players. Um, sometimes we've, um, well, there was a guy that was on, on loan to, from, to Gillingham a few years ago. Um, Eccles, Josh Eccles. Sorry? Josh Eccles, yeah. Josh Eccles. That's it, yeah. Josh Eccles, yeah. You know, he's he plays for you. And like I said as well, that we've there's a couple of Kent-based players that we're sort of well of, like Matt Godden as well. He, he played for Ebsfleet and he actually played against us back in 2016 when we got promoted to the, from National League South. He was in the Ebsfleet team that that we beat on penalties that day. Um, Lewis Binks is another one that's um, local. He was born in Gillingham and I know he's come to, to you via sort of Bologna and, you know, took a different route to most players. But, you know, again, and Ben Sheaf as well. I, I think he's injured at the moment though, isn't he? So Yeah, he is, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, you just you just know that it's just going to just be that, that, different quality isn't it you know you, you, you talk to some of the players and it's just like you've just got to be switched on and concentrating for for the full 90 minutes or 120 minutes or wherever it goes because there's threats from all over you know when you're playing your normal games and, and the non-league you know you can teams will get sort of like two or three chances and they'll waste them but you know you switch off that one minute and then bang you, you'll go down it's just like again that's like what you're saying you know you should, you know, 99 times out of 100, you would beat us quite comfortably. But again, there's always that 1% chance of, yeah. Yeah, should be good. Uh, before we go into the predictions and quick fire, guys, is there any other questions for Nigel? Um, I was going to ask Nigel a quick question about attendances. I mean, since obviously mates have had a, a good cut run, have attendances risen in the league games? Have you had more new supporters? Yeah, we have really, I suppose, we were quite lucky in the fact that the t- the two home games we had directly after the um, the Ipswich game was we was at home to Yeovil and Torquay. So they bring quite a lot of supporters anyway. So both those games were, well, the, the Yeovil game was over 3,000. Um, we kind of averaged around about 2,100. And we've got a around 2,000 for the Torquay game, which was a Tuesday night game. So that was a good attendance for a Tuesday night game. But yeah, there's definitely been a lot more interest and you obviously are seeing faces that you don't sort of recognise and people that are regulars will bring a mate. You know, we're quite lucky, as I said before, with um, our close proximity to London and a lot with the, yeah. the, the Sky Sports and, the, you know, the, the coverage that they, they give. There's a lot of these London teams that won't be playing on a on a new traditional Saturday at three o'clock. So you do tend to see a lot more floating supporters yeah. coming in for those sort of games and where it's only sort of 15 pounds a ticket, you know, it's, it's a, it's a good sort of cheap day out, isn't it? Compared to what the Premier League is. So yeah, again, sure. that that's something that you can't really measure in monetary terms. You know, it's sort of like it's raising the profile of the, the club and, you know, I'm sure there's still people that drive past the Gallagher Stadium every day and don't even know Maytown's got a football team, but yeah. they certainly can't say that after the cut run because it, you know, it's over all the local news and that's what you'll you'll get. You'll just get that sort of like trickle effect, I suppose, where people will just if they're at a loose end on a Saturday afternoon and think, Oh, Maystone are at home, I'll go go and watch them and then that's where you sort yeah. of get, get hooked and you, you go to more and more games, don't you? So Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Glenn, you're gonna come in, mate. 
I was just going to ask Nigel, is he kind of disappointed that it's a Monday night game and a midweek game, that it isn't like a Saturday or a Sunday game where the fans could have kind of made a weekend of it? Is that kind of just slightly devalued it with it being a Monday night game at Coventry in an evening kickoff? I, I think that's kind of, I don't like the FA Cup fifth round being midweek personally. I just wanted to know what no. it was. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we knew that was going to be the case, you know, and like our management have said, you know, we're not meant to be in this round. So, you know, it, it's, it's always designed for the the Premier League, isn't it? And the, the, the games that they've got in the in Europe and, and stuff like that. But, I mean, I'm, I'm actually surprised that we have sold out our full allocation. I did, didn't think we would, you know, with it being a midweek. But from some of the stories that I've I've been told, you know, you know, a lot of the local schools have, have supported um, parents taking their children out of school just because of the historic nature of it. So I think there's still people that are going up um, and staying over the Monday night and sort of coming back and taking two days off. So, yeah, I think I think people, the, the local schools and the local community are sort of the, the sort of the historicness of the, the, the occasion. You know, if it, if, it, if it was something that you were doing every year and you were always getting to the fifth round, then... I wouldn't imagine you'd get that support, would you? But just because yeah. it's a one-off, I think it, it, it kind of, you know, I don't think it would matter if we were playing at midnight on the moon. I think, you know, most <laughs> mainstream most mainstream fans would have, by hook or by crook, would have, would have, yeah. you know, would have got a ticket or, or found some way of being there. And that's what, that's the story. And that's what you're going to, you tell your grandchildren and, you know, your children's children and that in years to come, isn't it? You know, that, you know, how you, endeavour to get a ticket and how you got a ticket and what you was doing and where you was going you know it's just one of those once in a sort of generation sort of experience yeah uh, interesting it is very very interesting it's not going to be an easy game I don't I, I don't I still don't think it will be an easy game but uh, right any other questions guys have you got any half and half scarf printed off Nigel in the club shop sorry have you got any half and half you know, like coffee no, drinks, so no, they, they've shop, yeah. they've got some they've got some scarves printed up. We we did it did it for the Ipswich game. They just got Maystone United FA Cup fifth round Coventry versus uh, Maystone United with a date on it scarves. But they're they're not half and half. No, <laughs> I'm sure that I'm sure there will be people selling them at the ground on the day. Though I mean, there was at Ipswich. You know, these traders get in there somewhere, don't they? Yeah, they do. They do. Anything else, guys? Nothing for No, that's all, mate. Okay. Any questions for us, Nige? No, not really. I mean, no. it's it's just going to be again. It's like we've all been all been saying. You know, you you kind of build yourself up for the for the Ipswich game, and uh, you think that's going to be a once in a lifetime game. Then you've got to go and do it all again. You know, I mean, there's been people, some fans that have gone on social media and said, "Oh, you know." We were disappointed because we didn't get a so-called big Premier League team. But, you know, when, when, when the draw was made, it was sort of like Man City and Luton were still left in. So, but then, yeah. but, for a, but for a penalty kick, it would have been Coventry in the, in the Premier League. So, right. you know, they're a Premier League team in all but name, really. You know, with the history and, you know, obviously winning the Cup in 1987. And, yeah, it's just, it's just, I think it's just a, the perfect tie, really. You know, everybody sort of 
there's a little bit of jeopardy on it from like you guys were saying, you know, you, you know, you haven't exactly got a great record against non-league teams and you know, that that sort of every dog has its day kind of thing and you, I, I kind of suppose you're hoping that that day was against Ipswich. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. So, uh, predictions then, guys. We'll start off with you, Glenn. Um, predictions. What's your prediction? Uh, my head thinks we'll probably win by three or four goals. Uh, my heart would be quite happy for it to be 3 1, 4 1, and Maidstone get a goal to celebrate. I think that would just be nice that the fans would have something to celebrate. Um, I'll even take him going one nil up and he's winning forward. I think that's just oh, a nice you, romantic thing. You're nicer than I am, mate. You're nicer than I am. No, but uh, I genuinely gen- <laughs> think the dealings, the dealings I've had with with the Maidstone fans, they they seem a genuine sound nice bunch. Um, they've yeah. obviously had their own problems, um, and it's a nice it's a nice story. And much as much as I hated losing to Wrexham, it was a good game of football, and yeah. we lo- we lost it because we didn't defend right. If we defend yeah. right on Monday, we'll be fine because we've got enough attacking threat to score goals. It's simply just, like I say, you just got to defend better. Ipswich didn't defend well against Maidstone and it cost them twice. Simple, yeah. Maidstone defended brilliantly. I still don't know how some That's of the shots didn't go in. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, prediction? Oh, I hate, I hate these sort of games, but I'm I'm gonna say four two to the Sky Blues. I think Mason will get a couple of goals. I don't think um I don't think it's gonna be plain sailing like everyone thinks it is. Um but we can't take this lot lightly. You know, they've done well to get to where they are and we can't you can't think, well, they're a conference south side, we're a championship side. They're the, they've they've got there this far because they deserve to, so we can't underestimate them. But uh I think we'll win, but uh I think Mason can get a couple of goals, so I'm going four two. Okay. Nigel, I'm going to stick to what I said. I think, you know, let my heart, heart rule my head and say that I think Coventry will win, but I think they'll win in it after extra time. So probably like three, four, one after extra time. Okay, fair enough. I'm surprised you didn't go for a two 0 because that's the majority of your scores throughout of this this build up. To be fair, um, again. I don't think it's going to be an easy game. I think you know you, you are gonna you are gonna come and you are gonna hassle us and uh, and it it might be a slightly not weakened side, but it might be a slightly different side to the the game on Friday uh, because of rotation and things like that. Because we've got uh, West Brom on the following Friday afterwards as well. So you know, and we are going quite well in the league. So we've got that to think of as well. So I am going to go for probably a 2-0 win, I think. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, but I, I don't think... I think we defend properly this time. Uh, so I don't think we concede. So I'm going to go for a 2-0 win, Coventry City. So thank you very much uh, for joining us, Nigel. Much appreciated. But before I let you go, uh, we do something on here with our guests called the Quick Fire Round doesn't have to be quick fire, but I'll just give you uh, sort of uh, a word or a couple of words. And I just want one word or a couple of worded answer. Just as quick as you can. I'm not strict, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> uh, all right. So the first one is Gallagher Stadium. Maystone's home. Okay. George Ellicobi. 
what can't you say about him? He's just inspirational. You know, he's just he's just galvanised everybody. You know, from the backroom staff to um, the local community and the players. He's just you know that's that's his sort of mantra, really. You know, just in it together, and he's just a wonderful bloke. You know, he's just he's just very inspirational and uh, very um, humble as well. So yeah. All good round, good chap. Fantastic. Uh, Gillingham. <laughs> Bitter rivals. Probably, <laughs> probably one-sided from, from um, Gillingham's point of view because we haven't played them that much in the league. But yeah. even even this season, we played them in the um, Kent Senior Cup. And uh, bear in mind, it's just a county cup competition. There was over a 1,000 people there. So... Wow. You know, secretly they say they're not they're not bothered by us, but <laughs> um, yeah, they always turn out in number. So there is yeah. a, only a bit of animosity there. Fair enough, uh, Gavin Hoyt, because I know he's your captain. Yeah, another one that's you know good career. He's a proper leader. You know, not not your archetypal sort of baller of a player, but. Very uh, goes about his business and leads by example, and you know knows when to say when to speak and what to say at the right time. And uh, you know he's a, he's a proper captain that leads by example. Fantastic. And the last one, your player of the season so far. Oh, that's this one. I'll probably say now it's going to be Covelan. I mean. Before Amanchi went, you know, it was him. He'd, he'd scored 20 goals in all competitions by the end of December when he was with us. But, um, yeah, Kovlin, you know, I would say, you know, considering we only signed him literally the day before the season started, we didn't really have a goalkeeper. We we went through pre-season with a under-23 keeper and he's just different class, you know. He, he's, he's got a lot of points in the league and he... As he proves against Ipswich in the last round, you know, he's a match winner and he's a big game player. So, yeah, Lucas Coblin. Fantastic. Excellent. So, that's it. Not not too much uh, not too much hassle in that one. Um, before I let you go, though, uh, are you on, have you got, a, like, uh, a Twitter page or Facebook page? Are you on that sort of format? Um, I'm just, my Twitter is Sega uh, Nigel, at uh, Sega Nigel. Um, but then Stones Live have got a f- Facebook page and a uh, Twitter account as well. And most uh, sort of game time, mate, the, the club tweet are uh, what our schedule is and that. So, yeah, we, we, you know, we do a lot of stuff on YouTube, Stones TV, there's, there's uh, Stones Live. You know, we do a hot take at the end of the, each game and something to look out for on YouTube. If you just go on to uh, STV, Maystone United, and it'll all be on there. Fantastic. Uh, once we finish recording, don't shoot off and we'll have a quick chat afterwards as well. All right. Okay. Thank you ever so much, Nigel, uh, for joining us. Glenn, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Mark, as always, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just remember where you can find us, guys, uh, on X or Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, we're also on YouTube. Again, we're so close to getting 400 subscribers. Please go and like and subscribe. Uh, we've got a Twitter space on Sunday night on X. Uh, feel free, Nigel, if you want to join us on there as well to come on. 
uh, on nine o'clock on uh, on X, it will uh, it will pop up and you'll see us all things sky blue. Um, we're partnered with the Anecdote Sports Bar and we're sponsored by Right Steel Fabrications. And you can also find us on uh, podcast formats, Amazon, uh, Spotify, uh, iTunes, and wherever else you get your podcasts from. So one last one. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you very much, Glenn. All the best, apart from Monday, all the best for the uh, for the season, uh, Nigel. And thank you ever so much for coming on. Thank you, welcome. Cheers. My Cheers, pleasure. You're welcome, mate. Play up Sky Blues. Hi, I'm Lewis from the Proud Sky Blues, the official LGBTQ plus supporters group of Coventry City FC. Inclusion in football is for everyone. Everyone deserves to feel safe and respected, regardless of their sexual or gender identity. We're all Coventry City supporters. We're all Sky Blues. Everyone should be able to be their true and authentic selves here at the Coventry Building Society Arena. We're all here to support the team. Homophobic chanting does not motivate the players. It's offensive to players and to fellow Sky Blues. Homophobic chants are never just banter. It is never acceptable. Homophobia and transphobia is against the law and against the rules of the game. We can all stand together against hate. We can all make football more inclusive. We are all Coventry City supporters and we are all Sky Blues. If you see or hear homophobia, report it to a steward or by text. Challenge inappropriate behaviour and language. Be consistent and visible in your support. Treat everyone with respect. We can all be a part of the positive change. We all chant together. We all sing together. We are all Coventry City supporters. We are all Sky Blues. Everyone can be an ally. Everyone can be a proud Sky Blue. You can all be an ally. Inclusion is important to us all. Hi, Sakamoto. Hope you feel better seeing lots of love all around in the Sky Blue Army. We all love you lots as well.